Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I am Eric Wilbur. I am joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you doing? Eric, fantastic. That's good. Uh, we had some super warm weather the other day. I, I caught the- I caught photo after photo of you on Facebook, windsurfing here, windsurfing there, looking like a madman. It looked it looked very very nice. Do you know what? I was up at Ham- up in Hampton Beach mm-hmm. and I was on the stand-up boards surfing and I could have been in my spring suit. It was probably 88 degrees. The water wasn't as cold as I was expecting. Nope. But then we hit this last weekend. This has been, it's been something. I mean, in terms of summer, we had a few, I don't want to say days. It was probably a couple of weeks of just perfect weather, like talking San Diego weather in, in New England. And now we're in this stretch right now where it's just kind of overcast and cloudy and rainy and drizzly. And it's, it's not ideal, but it, it's, it's, look, we, we got a little preview the last couple of weeks of what summer's like. Now we're kind of in this we kind of go through this every single June where you think you hope it's going to stop raining and it eventually does. But, but one thing that happened last week on one of the last real nice spring days we had was that Killington finally said enough's enough. And they had their final day of the season. They made it till June 1st. Once again, remarkable feat for the superstar glacier that is just a, it's a story onto its own every single spring. And, and this spring was the same as it was all the time. Could you believe it? I don't know if you looked at the webcams. I I thought about going up, but I just couldn't pull myself to drive. Yeah. But if you looked at the pictures, the webcam coming out of the final weekend of May, it was like, oh my God, it's gone. They're not going to make it. It speaks volume for the ability to snow farm. And what Killington did up there, they had top to bottom skiing on Superstar the final day of the year on June 1st. I didn't believe it was capable of being done looking at what was left after the last weekend. Yep. But touche, way to go, Killington. How many how many days until they start making snow again? <laughs> it's not far off, really. Well, consider that the last time they made snow on, on Superstar was like in mid-March, which is outrageous. But if they hadn't made that snow, would they make it to June 1st? I don't know. I doubt it, but who knows? It, it's an, a remarkable, remarkable feat that they do every year, and every year that that June first rolls around, we have this big party at Killington. Just sort of a great way to end the season. If you were there on June first, you know how special it was to be there and how much fun it was. I wish I were there, but you know, I, I did have a chance to go ski Killington in mid-May. I ran a, a charity five k at Okemo. And was thinking about going up there after the race, but then figured that after running a 5K, my legs would probably not be the best shape to to do the bumps on Killington. So I, I bypassed it, and I, I kind of regret it. I wish I did. But June 1st, I think, is something that if you really love spring skiing, you love kind of living in that moment, June 1st should probably circle in your calendar next year to kind of see if you can make it there for super, what could be superstars last day i mean who knows maybe next year it'll be june 2nd 3rd 4th 5th who knows well they've held a june 1st slalom before there so you never ever know yep but you know you look at how much snow we had this spring here in the east you look at the record snows out west i mean mammoth mammoth is still going it's 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 ridiculous how much snow is there? So they're going to be. They, I don't know if they'll close. Right. Right. I mean, right. Well, they they had a hundred and seventy five inch base a week ago. Still. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you equate that, especially in a state like California, 
where they've been in a drought situation for so long. Right. But the cool part about all of it, though, Eric, is that a whole other season starts when the snow starts to melt. It's summer, and that brings up a whole new wealth of opportunity to do something different. I, I, I've already seen photo, like I said, photos of you windsurfing on Facebook. So what else do you have planned this summer? What kind of activities are, are on your menu? Play, play, <laughs> and play. Pretty much it. Very fortunate that I get to write my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of ocean time involved here. My plans are, I'm, I'm 40 minutes from Hampton, so my plans are to be in the waves as much as possible on the SUP. When the wind's blowing, I'm heading south because windsurfing's still the premier thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, bike riding, nonstop, because I can do that out of my house. But it's, it's the choices we make to go get it. And I've made the choice, and I told my wife a long time ago, I'm not giving up my passions. That's excellent. And it's, it's why should you, right? I mean, if, it, if it's passions that, that drive us and it's passions that fuel us for another day, you never give those things up. I, I can't wait to get up out, out in the lake in my kayak. That, that's my favorite summer activity, just kind of getting out there and, and just moseying, you know, like just slowing down. I, I, I do like hiking when I can, you know, when the rest of the family will actually grace me with their presence and, and hike a mountain. Those are always fun activities. But what's great about summer these days is I have graduated out of the, for those of you with, with families with small children, and I know, Mike, you have graduated out of this too, but I've only just recently, so I'm kind of regaining my summers back. Graduating out of that sort of, my children are too small to hike, or my children are too small to go on the zip line, or my children are too small to start learning how to whitewater rafting. Now my youngest is 10. Now it's full go. We've got a whole menu of things that we can look at to do this summer, and age restriction is no longer an impediment, which I think is... For, for someone like you that wants to chase that adventure and to be able to do it with my kids who are now at the right age to do it, it really makes me thirsty for what's coming up this summer. Yeah, I miss those times. <laughs> I, I miss going up to you. And I can tell now, like people say with the little kids, like, oh, I miss those days. And I look at them like, you're crazy. But now that the kids are, they're human beings. You can relate to them. You can talk to them. You can actually have a social interaction with them. These are the times that I understand when people say, you'll miss it when it's gone. Now I do understand. But when they're three, four, five, eh, forget it. You know what? The three, four, five, I'm not a small kid fan. No. I like when, when my t- son turned eight, we started to do everything together. We started to, he started to ski lines that I never would have expected. Mm. But we were in whitewater kayaks together. We were in on mountain bikes up at the Kingdom Trails together or elsewhere. It was just, I miss those times yeah. now that he's older and getting married and everything else. It's, but guess what? At this point in my life, my wife and I get to go out and do things together. Good. Excellent. Weekend up at Stowe. We're going down to Tanglewood for the 4th of July for a little JT concert. We can do things together. Maybe yeah. a weekend over on the vineyard. My, my wife is going up to Stowe. They're staying at the lodge in two weeks over Father's Day weekend to celebrate my niece's graduate. She graduated from William & Mary last year, but she got a grad degree this year. And they're going to Stowe just for massages and to kind of hang out at the pool. 
turns out my daughter's soccer team is so good that they are going to actually have a playoff game on that Saturday. So my wife is trying to figure out how she can transfer one night here to there and do these activities. The point is, though, it's like we do find these times to escape, and then the kids, they keep coming back in. They keep ruining things for us. Of course, the other way you could look at it is that you get to spend the whole summer with these great beings, which I do. And I can't wait to do things like look at whitewater rafting and look at taking them on hikes and in places like this. We're going to talk to some people from, from Zor Outdoor on this podcast. And Zor has been sort of like, when you ask for a tissue, you ask for a Kleenex, right? Zor is kind of the same way, whereas if I need to find somewhere to take my family on an outdoor adventure, Zor is always kind of like the first thing that pops up in your mind. It, they just have a lot going on out there. Yeah. The Boston area has never, ever really spent a lot of time going to the Northern Berkshires. It's always been the Albany, the Hartford, the New York traffic, but Zor on the Deerfield River is so close and they have so much adventure out there. I'm very intimate with that river. Mm. I've spent days upon days running whitewater out there. It is a special, special spot that is two, two and a half hours away. And when it comes to whitewater, you can drive up to the forks. You can go. The dead is a beautiful wilderness river. Mm. The Kennebec is can be big water. I've paddled it on huge water. And the Penobscot is class five plus. Mm-hmm. But Zor, the Deerfield River location and heritage out on that Mohawk Trail is one of, it, it is a true gem of New England. It is a special place, and in the summer, it really crackles alive with activity. So we are going to talk to Zor Outdoor General Manager Janet Cowie and Zor Marketing Director Nate Marr on the program coming up in just a few minutes after this. Welcome back. Joining us on the Basecamp podcast from the old Zoom hotline, from Zor Outdoor General Manager Janet Cowie, and Marketing Director Nate Marr. Janet and Nate, welcome to the, the show. We're glad to have you. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Well, Zor is Western Mass's gem. It is an incredible spot. Berkshire East is there, but it has one of the premier river sections in New England. We're very lucky and very blessed to be out here. It's a beautiful part of the state. We kind of Sometimes want to keep it a secret because it's so beautiful here, but uh, keep, but it's not only to the rivers, but to the hills and hiking and biking. We're fortunate to have this water system where we have dam controlled river. So we have white water all season long from April through October, which is great. Janet and Nate, I mean, either one who wants to, to pipe in, can you give us a little history about Zor? Introduce to our listeners who you are, who you've been and where you came from. Sure. Zora Outdoor first trips was in 1989, so we've been around for about 34 years. Um, Bruce Lessels and Karen Blom, the original owners, started Zor when uh, Bruce Lessels was on the Whitewater U.S. Whitewater team trials, and he lived in one of the gates and realized that was probably the end of his racing career. I was trying to think about what to do next, and remembered training here on the Deerfield River and what a great magical place was his, and decided. Pretty much then and there um, to try to figure out a business to be the best human-powered company, outdoor company 
that can be, as well as enhance people's lives. So have activities and stuff that just change people from let's get outside and enjoy our natural environment. What what exactly? I, I have a quite a bit of history out there with Bruce through the years since I've been a whitewater paddler. How does how do you guys get the releases that you get? I mean, you guys have calendars, you know exactly when it's going to be released, unlike let's just say the upper Hudson. How does that happen? So there is a license, the FERC license for the dams. The power company have a license. They have a set recreational releases. They can release the dryway section, which is of the Deerfield, which is the upper part, has 32 releases a season. That's a class three, four section of water. And the lower section of the Deerfield River, the five FERC section, has 103 releases a year. So those there's a set sort of pattern to the schedule. And every year in, in December, the parties to be, the power company, as well as the recreational users, fly fishing groups, and so forth, look at that, the calendar, and also look at the parameters of the permit and sort of help negotiate to figure out each year when the releases will be. Okay. So now, I'm sorry, excuse me. So Bruce and Karen owned Zor until what, 2020, when the Schaefer family purchased it? That's correct. So they were there until 2020 and decided to retire, and they're happily retired doing as many activities as they did when they were here. And the Schaefer's, our neighbors, purchased the business in 2020. It's been a great par- partnership because we were just, we knew each other all, through all those years because the Schaefer's have been around a while too. So yeah. it was a, it's, it was an easy to combine. Has anything changed under, under the new ownership or is it the same old Zor? Not the I, same I, old Zor, you know what I mean? Like, is it the classic yeah. Zor? That's a better way <laughs> to put it. I think I can speak to that. So my brief history with the company is I worked there in the early 2000s. So I had the pleasure of working with Janet and Bruce and Karen, as well as a few other folks who are still here now. And so I was in college at the time and I left the area and recently back and I'm fortunate to work for the Shaper family now. And really, Zor hasn't changed much, I have to say. The vibes are still there. The family feeling is still there. Really solid people with great offerings. So I would have to say that in this period of time, not much has changed. What is it about Zor? I I want to almost equate it to a Google search, right? Where you ask someone, where's the best place to go look for whitewater rafting? And inevitably, everyone's going to say, oh, check out Zor. It's like you're the first hit on, on a Google search. What has it been that is sort of defined this place and kind of made it the the go-to place for anyone interested in these sorts of activities. I, I can answer that as well. And so this really comes down to what my job is, which is marketing. And really, I can say that it, we're focused on our people. So all of our staff and employees from every everyone that works on the property and directly with our guests from the booking process to going down the river or in the trees, zip lining. So if we take care of our employees, our employees really take care of our guests. Nobody remembers the emails that I send out or the social media posts that I publish. They remember the experience with the guests, with the guides and, and the reservation process and the follow-up afterwards. So it's really from A to Z. I have to agree. I think the why I've stayed around so long, I've been, this is my 27th year here at Zora Outdoor. It's been a while that I, I I'm here because of the people, the people I work with. You're, you're, you spend a lot of time at work, right? You might as well enjoy it. We're in the fun business, to be perfectly honest. So it's really making sure our guests have a good experience. Maybe they've never been on the water before. And so this is sort of a 
whole new realm for them. We see everything from kids first experience on a kayak to folks that are in their 80s. So it's been the whole realm of people coming out to check us out. But I do agree that it's all about the foundation of our, our staff. We live, the folks that do this, they live the life, right? So they're out there experiencing. We have a lot of employees that are maybe do the winter months or in ski resorts and then come to us and do the the summer sports. So we're, they have a lot of different stories experiences along the way. But if we keep them happy, then it, it, it trickles down and keeps our guests happy. Well, you just mentioned something. I, I want to go on and I want to hear about what activities are out there. But you said some of your employees go to do winter stuff. We know there's a World Cup skier sitting out your neck of the woods these days. <laughs> Went to Zor because she fell in love with it. Nate, why don't you tell us about the World Cup skier that's sitting in your backyard at this point? Well, we are fortunate to have, can I say her name? Of course you may. All right. So we have Paul Moulton, who lives here in Charlemont, and her now husband is the son of the owner of Crabapple Whitewater, which is, of course, our competitor. It is a friendly competition. We've been on the same river operating for a similar amount of years, if not the same 30 plus years. And so... What may have drawn her to the area, and I can't speak for her, of course, but there is a lot of recreation here from trail running to more, more outlying sports that have more of a time commitment or a schedule such as ziplining, rafting, kayaking, all of those kind of things. But you can do anything very casually just out your back door, or you can make a reservation and go on a, a guided tour. So there's that. There's really that here. And also the community is just a very welcoming and I have to say in my previous job, I worked with a lot of celebrities and politicians and, and things like that. And why they always came back to me is because I never told anyone who they are. We respect people's privacy and what they want to do. We're not using someone's celebrity to promote our business. So sure. if they want to come with us, that's great. And nobody knows about it unless they want someone to know about it. Sure. By all means. Janet, what, what activities other than rafting and whitewater are out in the Zor area? Because I know you guys do a lot of different things. Right. I mean, as you said, there's a zipline canopy tour, whitewater rafting. Um, we have a premier house fort school, so you can get all the instructions from beginner to more expert in both canoe, kayak, stand-up paddleboard. There's lots of mountain biking trails here, hiking and so forth. So there's a lot of different activities for the beginner as well as for the more expert. I think you said, mentioned you're a, a paddler yourself and the community up here in the dryway, there's a lot of really good boating, kayaking in the area. It is. The dryway is as good as anything in the Northeast, especially since it's guaranteed and you can make multiple runs in a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a kid. I was just thinking about talking to Nate about when you're on the dryway, it's you, it's almost like going paddling with old friends, even though you see them like once a week on the same river. They're coming back, you high fives, you get stoked to run this river, but it's, it's, uh, it becomes this whole community all the, every weekend, same, same group of people, new people coming in, welcoming in. Somebody is new to the, the river, they open it, open their arms, you can bring them down, I'll show you the run. So it's, it's something I've, the, the river community is something very special, very supportive, both on the river and outside the river. That's fantastic. Well, I live north of Lowell. You guys also run some other rivers. What are they? Sure. Well, we're on the Millers 
River in Eastern, a little bit farther east of us, up in the West River in Southern Vermont, in the Connecticut. You talked about up in Lowell and the Concord. So what's a really unique, it's an urban river environment up in, in that area where we actually run a section of river. And when the locks are functioning, we basically paddle our rafts right into the locks. They close the door, they fill the locks back out and you paddle out. So it's a great partnership with the Lowell Land Trust out there. Can you describe a little bit your location on, on the Deerfield River and why is that so special for, for Zor? Sure. I mean, the, the river, our base faces the river. It's directly across from, from our base camp. And you can walk there in, in 30 seconds. And it, I think it's great because as you drive through town, you follow the river the entire way on Route 2. And once you get into Charlemont, you've got the big sign out front. This is whitewater rafting, kayaking, those kind of excursions. And if you, if it's a beautiful day, you'll pull into the parking lot and it just, it's an attraction. People want to see what they can do. And we really draw folks from all over, probably a 90, 90 minute radius. So if you draw a circle around us, so folks from Southern Vermont, Southern New Hampshire, Connecticut, upstate New York. So it's a really, it's a really special place. And once you are actually on the river, it's pristine. The water is clear. You don't see many man-made objects along the river, beautiful hills. We have nesting bald eagles. It's a really special place. And I think if we weren't here, if you don't do other activities, you would just, you wouldn't even know what's out there. It is, the location on the river is beautiful as you drive out the Mohawk Trail from the Boston area where we are. You just start to jones as you start to see it as you get closer and closer. Give us an idea for a first time rafter. What, what's it take? What about if I wanted to bring a family? What's it all about? Sure. We actually have three different trips that we offer. So we offer a family float trip, which happens in the afternoon. And for that, we have kids as young as five years old and their, their families typically. And for that, it's a very gentle float down the river where we have snacks on board. So it's a really nice afternoon. And then our most popular trip is called the Zor Gap trip. And this trip has mostly class one and two white water. So moving water. And then towards the end of the trip is one class three rapid called the Zor Gap. So that's the most exciting part of the day. And for that is a slightly older crowd. So the youngest age for that is seven years old and as old as you want to go or as young as you feel. And our advanced trip is called the Dryway section, which we spoke briefly about. And the youngest age for that is 14 years old. And that's mostly class three with a couple of class four rapids towards the end. So that's continuous whitewater. That's a great adventurous trip. So really something for everybody. And we see a lot of folks that, a lot of families that come back year after year, and they can't wait to graduate to the next, to the next section of river based on how old the youngest person in their family is. All of our trips do include a professional river guide on board, so you don't have to worry about that. And all of the equipment is provided. And some of our trips include a, a snack or full lunch or um, even a barbecue back at our base. And you also have some lodging on site, correct? Could you, could you break down some of those options for us? We do, sure. So we have a campground on site, which has tent sites. If you'd like to burn your own tent, you can frame those and set those up. We also have cabin tents, which are essentially a wooden platform, like a deck. And on top of that is a canvas tent. And those have four twin size bunks. So you can sleep four in there comfortably. 
and each of those cabin tents has a grill so you can grill right in right from your tent and then the bathhouse is nearby and if you're if you graduated from camping and would like to stay in a proper bed and have a proper nice hot shower in your own bathroom we have a lodge on site too that's called the hawk mountain lodge that's that's all right up behind the the store and stuff correct most correct, of it yeah. everything is, is on the same property so once you arrive you don't really need to leave which is great <laughs> which which is awesome what what about in town i mean the town Zor revitalized that town totally. Berkshire East was always there, but Zor made it a town that people wanted to come to and live in. How's, what has Zor done for the whole economy there? Well, I think it's all the, all the recreational businesses. Zor has been one of them there for many years, employing folks as well as people coming to visit and then more restaurants opening up and billet in stores there. Got different restaurants like the Cold River Cafe and there's a couple down the, on the way in Shelburne Falls. So it connects the whole area. So what Zor did is brought some people in the area and now we need more places to eat and stay and so forth. So having that constant influx of folks, I think did help the town. Like anything, when you have an influx of people, the town's got to sort of accommodate and grow with, grow with that. And so there's been bumps and bruises along the way um, with that, especially during COVID when there was a lot of people trying to get outside. So it's been great for the town. It's also, there's some growing pains like anything. It says on your website, you do custom and private trips. How often would, do you put those things together and what types of adventures have you done in the past for those sort of custom trips? What's one of the nice things about actually partnering and being part of the Shaper family businesses is we're able to do some packages on either side of the river as we move forward. Right now, we've got a really good kids program that's being developed this summer for the first time launching a high adventure mountain biking and whitewater kayaking program. So that's good for the kids. We also have things like the zip and dip. So you get to do a zip line trip in the morning and then do a rafting trip in the afternoon. And the best of both worlds where you do a rafting trip and then you do a kayak trip in the afternoon. So, and zip and kayak, zip and kayak. So we're trying to combine things so folks come, they can stay, they do a combination of activities, get really jazzed about the sport, and hopefully share it with their friends. I we do everything from bachelor part bachelorette parties, bachelor parties to Boy Scout and Girl Scout groups. Super fun. Yeah, and you can really spend the entire day here in Charlemont. You can bounce between the properties. You can always add on a mountain coaster ride that is quick and easy and a lot of fun. Yeah, having having Berkshire East or Thunder Mountain, as it might be called in the summer right there is it is truly a four season destination now one of one of the premier in my opinion in new england at this point it's just awesome thank you that's a great compliment it is it is really kind of an under the radar place and we do want to keep it that way a bit we don't want any changes but i have to say back to your point a few moments ago is is what have we done for the area and I have to say, there are a lot of small businesses and we do cross promote with them as well. There's a great restaurant as you come into town called Wells Provisions. Okay. And we're happy to promote them. And when, when they post, hey, we've, you know, a, a great breakfast, stop on your way to go skiing at Berkshire East. And they tag us on social media. We're happy to share that because I agree it is the best breakfast in town. Yes. There's no doubt. So a, a rising tide lifts all ships. And I truly believe that. There's no reason why us as, a, as an organization are going to suck out all of the tourism dollars. We do like to spread it around because it's very important to the community. 
Wells Provisions actually did make our list of top 10 places to grab breakfast before going skiing earlier this year. So we wholeheartedly agree with you. One, one last question I have about Western Mass in terms of sort of embracing this role as outdoor destination. It seems like it's stronger than ever. Tw- 20 years ago, I used to live in, in Western Mass, got almost 30 years ago, and maybe I wasn't looking for it as much, but it didn't seem like it had this sort of niche going for it that it does now of there's Vermont, there's New Hampshire, there's Maine, but out in Western Mass, there's a lot of good untapped potential. I mean, I think Berkshire East signifies that in a great way in skiing. And I, and I think Zor does the same as well in that there's this, there's a special kind of activity landscape brewing out in Western Mass. I don't know if I just feel that or if that's something that's actually tangible. I, I think it is tangible. Yeah. I think that could be why we're both still there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And there's also, besides us in the great restaurants and things, there's also plenty of free activities as well. There's the Mohawk Trail State Forest, just down the road from us, that has beautiful hikes along the Cold River. There's Tannery Falls, which I know John has mentioned this a couple of times, that there's not a sign for Tannery Falls. You can't find it. And I say, don't don't put up a sign because it's in my backyard. I don't want everybody going there. But it is the highest waterfall in Massachusetts, and it's free to hike down, and it's beautiful. So there are lots of things to do. You can do a paid activity with us, grab breakfast on your way. And then spend the afternoon just kind of exploring the state parks that are belong to everybody. Excellent. That's awesome. Well, Janet, give us, I would love for the listener to hear what a trip down the driveway would be like. What's it about? Well, if you're going rafting with us, you're, I can always see, tell people that are going the driveway and they pull in our parking lot because there's definitely a little bubble in their step, if you will. It's, it's a pretty exciting trip. It's more for the adrenaline seeker. So basically they arrive right at base, we get them geared up, they go into the bus right up to the put-in. And as you're right driving up the river, you can actually see the river. So there's a lot of anticipation. When you get there, you get a little prep with your raft guide and you just need to follow follow what the raft guides kind of tell you to do. They're they're experts in how to maneuver down the river. But I took my son recently and I and we're going down and he looks over at me and just shakes his head, going, Oh mom. And just because he knows that I'm so jazzed and so excited. He's just a different caliber kid. He's like, I can't believe you're putting me in this again. And going down the river, at the end, he goes, let's just do it again. It was just fantastic. But you're there, you're following the guides. It's a more technical river. So you have to be be able to have that subtle touch with the raft. It's not just a big volume river. You're just going hitting big waves. There are big waves up there. Don't get me wrong. But you kind of have to kind of have be an artist kind of really giraffe guide it down. It's really catch the water, take it where you do, get some good surfs. Uh, it's, it's an experience. And as being a paddler yourself, it's sometimes hard to describe that flow that you feel. But when you hit that wave, just so, and you come over the top of it, come down and then everyone's just laughing and having a good time. But again, it's working together as a team to get where you want to go. That's awesome. It's, it's an incredible spot. We talk about the Kennebec. We talk about Penobscot. Penobscot. The the driveway is closer mm-hmm. and it is great white water where you can play all day long. We want to thank you guys for coming on. I'm going to be out for the JT concert at Tanglewood on the 4th. I get to go see JT, which That's is fantastic. Excellent. And we're going to come back up through North Adams and back across Route 2 and I'll stop in and say hi. That would be great. We'd love to see you. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
three kids looking for stuff to do this summer. So we're going to drag them out there one time. That's for sure. Well, we've got plenty to do. So awesome. Thank you very much, guys. From Zor Outdoor, that was General Manager Janet Cowie and Marketing Director Nate Marr. Uh, Janet and Nate, thank you again. Thank you very much. It was thank a pleasure. You. Welcome back to the podcast. Mike, I do want to give you a brief synopsis of my whitewater rafting history, which is I've gone once, and but it was on the Penobscot. And it's pretty amazing and it's pretty intense when you hit those class fives. The only criticism I had about it is that it's not as... You're doing a lot of waiting for the for those rapids, right? And beyond that, it's not a very consistent sort of river experience. And I want to check things out like the dead or Deerfield because it's a more, I, I would imagine, a more consistent experience where you're doing class threes, you know, maybe a class four here or there. And it gives you a more complete sort of, you're not sitting around waiting for something to come. Yeah, the Penobscot is totally different than what you're going to find on the deer field. I've got to put a little disclaimer here. I've been in a raft once in my life. Mm. I've been in a kayak. I don't know how many times, but the, I would equate the deer field to something like the Kennebec with not quite as much flow where the Kennebec will be running at 5,500 mm-hmm. CFS. The deer field's going to be running at about 1,200. That's cubic feet per second. So it doesn't have the pushiness or the grabbiness in and out of the eddies, except where it really constricts down. But it is, it is a play river. I would equate it, I've, I've been fortunate enough to paddle the Mid-Atlantic. I would equate it very much to the Cheat River in West Virginia, or partially the Yakagani. Fun rivers, fun to play in, the rafts. The rafts pull into Labyrinth at the bottom and they're surfing the last wave and you just, and everybody's hooping and hollering and people are s- sitting on the rocks having a ball. Can you break down, I mean, like you said, you've been in a raft once, but can you tell us what's that, what's that experience like? How do you start kayaking rapids? Well, let's go back to the difference between being in a small whitewater boat mm-hmm. that you're in the water and sitting on a raft that you're above the water. The first thing that I knew about came to me on a raft. It, it was on the Kennebec. It was, it was during Irene. Uh, wow. They were fearful of all the water being released, so they put it, a huge release in from the dam. And it was flying. Big Mama up on the Kennebec was, I used to surfing it in the kayak. We just rolled over it. But the first thing I noticed in a raft is that it takes teamwork. Mm. In a kayak, guess what? You have a team because you're paddling with partners, but it's up to you to make the move. So it was a different game. So I, I think rafting is just an incredible team sport where if you're good together, you can do amazing things in that raft. In a kayak, when you're sitting in the water and those waves are breaking over your head, it's a different game. I can only imagine because, I mean, you're in, a, you're in a, a raft with like five of your friends and you're all idiots. You don't know what you're doing, but at least you've got those guides there to show you precisely when to when to do what you need to do. In a kayak, it's just like I, I don't really know when to start because I'm at the kayaking phase where I take my kayak, I put it in the pond, and I sit there. I don't even fish. I just kind of roll around. And I'm like I'm just – I feel lucky to be in the middle of nature not doing anything. So how do I progress from that to throwing myself down a, a class four is something that it fascinates me. And I think that's just because I don't kayak as much as I like, right? If you tell me, get on a pair of skis and jump off a cliff, 
eventually I'm going to jump off that cliff. I know I can do it. With a kayak, it's, it's something that I'm not in every single day of the summer, which I think I need to rectify. Uh, I, you definitely need to rectify that one. Well, kayaking, river kayaking, whitewater kayaking, first and foremost, lessons, lessons, lessons. Mm-hmm. Same thing with skiing, same thing with mountain biking down the mountain. If you learn how to read the river and somebody teaches you the strokes, it becomes real easy. Sort of like a, a rip current going out in the ocean. They always tell you swim sideways. If you swim against the current, you, go, you keep going out. If you go sideways across and break the current, you come back in. The same thing is true in a river. You learn how to read it. You learn to use the eddies. You learn to use angles on the boats. Whitewater kayaking is huge in New England in its own right. There aren't as many people paddling, but there's a gentleman out of Manchester, New Hampshire, who became, we're going to say, world champion. Mm -hmm. Eric Jackson created Jackson Kayak. And he and his family traveled the world, the country. When, when you see somebody like an Eric Jackson and what he can do in a boat, it's, it's like watching Bodie Miller on a pair of skis. It's at that level. And how that happens, you asked how you get better? Yep. Take lessons, practice, practice, practice. And that's how you become a great athlete. Mm. Excellent. I do want to end on this note, Mike, because I know you're a huge windsurfer, and that impresses me greatly because when I was a teenage, pre-teenager, I tried windsurfing, and I tried it, and I tried it, and I tried it, and I could not get the damn sail up. So that brought me back to, to Michaela Schifrin a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if you saw this post that she made. She had a, a long vacation in Hawaii and took some windsurfing lessons, took a training camp. And she said, going to miss getting catapulted off my rig on the daily and accidentally drinking the entire ocean in a session only for it to pour out my nose later in the day. That that basically sums up what my windsurfing sort of career was like. So I'm very proud of the fact that a world-class athlete like Michaela Schifrin can struggle at something like this as badly as I did. And it probably makes you feel pretty damn good that here's Michaela Schifrin. You could give her some lessons in a trait that you have obviously mastered to skill. Well, I've been around it for a long time, <laughs> which which helps. But yeah, I saw Michaela last year in a post. She was also in Maui mm-hmm. uh, windsurfing. But I, you know what? I think with any of it, we're, we're all skiers here. But with any of it, there's always something else that doesn't take the place of skiing, but enhances our lives, whether it be rafting on the deer field, kayaking on the deer field, windsurfing at Point Judith or Matunek, mm-hmm. or or surfing down on the Outer Cape. Right. I don't care what it is. Kayaking's extremely dear to me. I also spend a lot of time on the lake because it's next to my house. So having a kayak is a great way to spend the summer. Yeah, I, I wrote this recently in the magazine in our summer issue, Looking Forward to Summer, basically saying like, when May came, I would stare up at that sliver of patch of snow, right, and wonder, like, maybe one or two turns you can make on it. And I would obsess over that. Not anymore, because I think you understand that seasons change, and just like seasons change, there's more to offer you. So stop obsessing over the skiing and look at the world of activity that is out there. Like I said, luckily, the ski areas and everyone else kind of realized this before I did, long before I did, that summer is a new beast. It's not about obsessing over winter. It's about moving on and improving yourself in the summer. 
and then waiting for another season of snow to come here come, well, let's say October, just to be kind. Mike, thank you very much. Eric, that was awesome. The folks out at Berkshire East and Zor Outdoor, they do a great job. I want to put a plug in for Thunder Mountain at Berkshire East, which is Berkshire East Mountain Bike Park. These guys do a great job out there. The Schaefer family really has embraced the Berkshires and have given back tremendously. Yes. Absolutely. So thank you very much to Zor Outdoor for joining us today. That is it for this edition of the Basecamp Podcast, summer edition. We will see you in a couple weeks. Until then, stay cool. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.